Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Larry Davis. All right. <clears throat> Super glad you guys are here today as we finish our series on bringing sexy back, uh, just looking at it, not from the world's point of view, but the word's point of view. And uh, the things that we've gotten to learn from God as he's just taught us, he's healed marriages, he's healed relationships, he's taught us, those who aren't in those kind of relationships or marriages yet, how to go about that or how to rediscover that. And, um, you know, we went from the very first week of talking about how God made us, you know, vulnerable, intimate beings. And, and he knew that, and he knew we needed the covenant of marriage and that it's important, that it's not just a piece of paper. And we talked about um, sexual immorality, how we need to stay out of the dog bed because we'll leave with fleas, and that we're made as humans, we're not in, in God's image, that we're not made as animals. And um, then we learned about what women need and what men want, and that men have these... <clears throat> Um, crockpot dreams, but microwave, you know, realities. And uh, that um, um, then the next week we went on to uh, learn about how God's, you know, made someone special for us and how to discover a soulmate and and, and that that's who he made for us and that we need to be in a we relationship and not a me relationship that we can be selfish. And it's just been really great just to navigate and see um, what God's done and how he's used that. And today I'm just going to dive right in. We're going to be talking about the topic of pornography. Uh, It's like a super sensitive subject for some reason, but it is so relevant. Um, You know, I'm just going to get something off my chest uh, right now as I get into some of these statistics. I believe in my whole heart about that we need to talk about this here in this church, that this is who we are. And, um, you know, I'm going to be straight with you guys. I'm like struggling a little bit. I took a lot of heat this first service about it about some of the things and the bold things I said, and I believe it as your pastor that these are things we need to hear and what the Bible says. Um, so I just want to prepare you guys, and honestly, I, 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 I want to pray again, just that God would just speak to us and through me, and that this would be for his glory and not some, you know, intention that I have, but that he would have it. So if you guys would just pray with me just as we, as we dig into this major subject. God, just thank you for allowing us to be here and to gather together as your body. And I just pray that you would speak to us, that you would just show us your hope, your healing. And God, just that you would um, speak through me today and just open all of our hearts and um, that we would be prepared to understand this topic and this discussion um, in a real way and through your word. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so some statistics. So you guys understand, um, you know, a lot of people are saying, this is like church, like, why are we talking about this in church? This is like for people out there, um, because they're not in here, because they wouldn't have this problem if they're in here, that's, they're out there. So why do we got to talk about this in here? Well, statistics to say, 43% of all internet u- users <clears throat> view pornographic material. So almost half of everyone views it. Um, another statistic, one out of three of those people are female might be surprising to some of you. Google, understand this for our young people, our next generation. Google, sex and porn are among the top five searches for kids under 18 years old. Among searches in Google, 3% of all adult websites require age verification. 35% of all internet downloads are pornographic. So like a real stuff, I could go on forever about statistics. I want you guys to know that 70% of men... In this room right now, 
per se, struggle in some form. Whether, they may not be active struggling with it, but struggle in some form with some type of pornography. To give you guys just a view of what that would look like, there's a line right here. All the guys on this side of the line, would you stand up right now for me? Like physically stand up? So I'm not saying that these men right here, but per se, <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be a joke. But I'm not, not these guys, but this many in this room right now, statistically, if they're anywhere close, to add this struggle in their life. You guys can sit down. Women, basically just all the women in this section, just stand up. If you're a girl, stand up and just in the sixth section. So not these women, but this many, statistically, in this room right here, just as we're gathered, you guys can sit down, thank you. You can see visually that has struggled or struggle with pornographic images or searches on their internet in their life. Americans aged, so American teens now, listen to this, aged 13 to 18, spend more than 72 hours a week using electronic media defined as internet, cell phones, and television, music, and video games. I believe it. Do you believe that? <laughs> You're like, only 72? Uh, 72 hours. That's just who we are. That's the world like we live in. 87% of all teens are online. So 87% of the, all of them are online. One in seven youths receive sexual solicitation online. One out of seven. The average age of the first internet exposure to pornography is 11 years old. That's a sixth grader. It's the average age right now, whether they looked for it or they didn't. They're very strategic about it. I have so many stories about how that industry has like gone after them through dumb searches, doing homework. 80% of 15 to 17-year-olds, this is our high schoolers now, having multiple hardcore exposures to pornography. 90%, 9 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 18 to, 8 to 16-year-olds having viewed pornography online, most while doing homework. 29% of 7 to 17-year-olds would freely give out their home address, and 14% of 7 to 17-year-olds would freely give out their email address. I'm kind of honestly surprised that they would be more likely to give out their home address than their email address. But here, a side truth. Most of them don't even know what their email address is. They use it to sign up a Facebook, and that is email. This is the generation we live in. So guys... Here's what I need to make clear, that this isn't a conversation for out there. This is us. Like, this is in here, in this room, right now. This is very real, and this is our struggle. So we're just going to unpack this for a few moments this morning. And what I want you guys to hear is we're going to unpack these two lies. That someone who struggles with pornography, if you're here this morning, these are two lies you're telling yourself. Or if you're here and this isn't you, this is for you to understand the two lies that people go through. So you can try to connect somehow on that type of level so you can prepare to love them through this and come alongside of them. So this is what it is. In order to navigate this topic for ourselves or someone else, you've told yourself this lie. Lie number one, I'm in control. You've told yourself, I'm in control of this. I've set some standards in my life. I've set some boundaries of I'm not going I'm, I'm to do that. I'm going to manage this. I'm in control of this. I can take care of it. Uh, it's not going to manage me. I'm, 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 I'm going to manage it. 
and I'm going to keep it in control. And there's only so far that I'll go. There's only so far that I'll do or, or look at, or there's only so much that I'm in control. It's not in control of me. And if you're here today and you're struggling with porn, here's what I'm going to say to you. You're lying to yourself. You're not in control of it. It's in control of you. And you're going to end up being its slave. It's like, uh, it's like potato chips. You can't have just one potato chip, right? You eat like a potato chip and like, you're like, oh my gosh, I really just need a greasy potato chip. You will become its slave. See, pornography is unable to satisfy desire. Instead, it's like throwing gas on desire. It like just inflames it and it consumes it. And every time we go there, our hunger for it only grows that much more. And you will make, only become that much more ravenous because of the exposure to it. See, um, the other thing pornography does is it mirrors the addictive cycle. And it goes like this. It mirrors exactly what they say people who are drug addicts or alcoholics. That same exact cycle, what it does um, neurologically in their brain. They say that that same stimuli that happens through pornography and the viewing of that is the same thing that happens neurologically when someone is taking Oxycontin or cocaine or other, some other very big, it's a neurological, it seriously becomes that disease, that part of you, that same area, which is scary. And so it mirrors the same cycle. And this is what the cycle is, friends, so you can understand. The first part of the cycle is there's the thrill of the encounter, just the experience. There's this thrill of the encounter. And the problem is, is what comes next is then there's the guilt. So we have the thrill. We've gone through the thrill, and then we get to the guilt. And we say, I know I shouldn't be doing this. I know deep down in my heart this isn't right. And see, the thing is, is guilt is good because guilt is a gift from God. In reality, you and I were supposed to feel guilty. And what we were supposed to do in that moment of guilt is to repent and turn and run back to God to be like, I can't have this in my life. I know this isn't who I am. I know this isn't who God wants me to be. And I feel guilty and I need to turn and I need to run back and I need to stay away from this. And here's the problem that many of us choose the thrill over the guilt. Again, and we move into what's the next phase and that's shame. And here's what we begin to say to ourselves. Maybe, maybe this is just me. Maybe this is just the way I'm wired. Maybe this is just the way I am. Maybe I'll never really be happy without this because it was just born this way. The shame phase. And what you need to hear me say about that phase is every bit of it is a lie. It's not you. It's not the way you were wired. It's not the way you were born. See, it's clear in Scripture that we are no longer to sin willfully. We're supposed to just say no to the flesh, not, I just have this tendency. It's just who I am. God made me that way so he can deal with me. He didn't. I'm going to tell you guys right now in the most loving way I can because I do the same thing. And this is scary. It says this, it's scary. I'm just going to say it. It says it in Hebrews 10, 26 through 28. It says, if we deliberately keep sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. Hear that again. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we receive the knowledge of truth, no sacrifice for our sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of the raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. 
It's not saying, hey, if you screw up, you're doomed. You're going to hell. It's not saying that, but it's saying that if you continually to willfully make these decisions to keep doing what you know isn't right, that's going to hurt God and hurt other people, you're in trouble. There's no sacrifice less for that. You're making that decision over and over again. But if you're on a path of recovery that says, I know, and I need to get help here, and I'm falling back into it, that's a different story because God has so much grace and love and mercy. But if you sit there and go, hey, I've got a problem with drugs or alcohol or pornography, that's just who I am. Just get over it. That's just what I do. You know, I, I gotta, I'm an alcoholic, but I'm going to drink or I'm going to seek after this willfully. You know what you're doing. That's what he says. You are no longer supposed to do that. That's not the way you were made. That's not the way you were wired. And the problem is, is immediately we begin to move back from that shame stage of this is just who I am. So we fill ourselves with excuses or give ourselves permission. And we move back into the thrill stage because we needed to get it. And here's the problem with that is it will take you more to thrill the next time. It's not going to be the same. When you did it the first time, you exposed yourself and you cannot not have your heart changed the first time. And just like a drug addict or just like an alcoholic that hits those same sort of stimuli neurologically, it will take more to thrill the next time. And because you've been seared by that experience, the first time you go through it, you're just on the surface of thrill. This is, this is, this is new. This is cool. And then you flew through the guilt and got to the shame. That's who I am. And the next time you had to go a little bit deeper, a little bit darker, a little bit further. You had to drink just a little bit more. You had to use just a little bit more. You had to look at just a little bit more. And so you go a little deeper and a little darker, and then you go over to the guilt and the shame. And then you go back to the thrill, but you don't go back up here. You go a little bit heavier and deeper and darker than the first time. And that's why it consumes And here's what I can tell you, that if you're in the room and you're struggling with pornography, what you're looking at now is not what you were looking at six months ago. What you're looking at now isn't what you were looking at six months ago, because that was, you were in control. Like, that's my boundary. I I wouldn't. I'm going to tell you that today, that those things that you're looking, wouldn't look at before you're searching for today, because it goes deeper and darker and it takes more to throw. And here's what I can also tell you. That what you're looking at today is not what you'll be looking at six months from now. It will be deeper and darker and more enslaving. So here's the answer. You cannot manage this. You're not in control of this. It says in Ephesians 4.17. You guys can follow along again on the screen. Ephesians 4 verse 17. So I tell you this. And insist on it in the Lord. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the brutality of their thinking. So stop living like people who don't know God and thinking that somehow your life is going to turn out different because you do. Don't live like the Gentiles do. Stop living like everybody else and and, and thinking you're going to get a different result. I think there's some sort of definition for that. Don't think that you're going to get something different than their life when you're living the same that they're living. It says this in Ephesians 4.18, just the next verses, 18 through 19. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. They're separated from the life of God because of their ignorance, ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. 
Because it has hurt, those things hurt you. Your heart becomes to be hardened. This is just who I am. Having lost all sensitivity, numbness, they have given themselves over to the sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust and craving for more. The truth again, you're not managing it. You're not in control of it. It's in control of you. And it's like having a chain wrapped around your ankle. And you don't even know it because you think, I'm in control. I'm managing it. I can take care of this. And it's hard to get the chain on. It's hard to take it off. You're not in control. You might as well have a chain wrapped around your ankle because that's exactly what you have. The second lie that everyone in this room that is struggling with pornography, for everyone to understand, or if it's you, is this. You're telling yourself, they're telling themselves, I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not hurting anyone. You know, the, the, the guys or the girls in, in those photos or, or movies, or I mean, they're like getting paid for doing this. I'm not, I'm not doing anything to them, I'm making them do anything wrong. Or I'm the, This is just to me. No one else is around like this is my dirty little secret. Like, no one, this is, this is my, my deal. I'm the one who hurts from this. You know, Larry, it's just adult fantasy. It's not even real. It's made up. It's fantasy. The thing that you don't understand is that you are leaving a wake of destruction behind you. You're leaving a wake of destruction behind you. If you're involved in porn, you have no idea the wake of destruction that is following right behind you. And the number of lives that you're wounding and the number of lives that you're hurting. It's with this chain that's connected at your ankle and it's flying around behind you. How many of you guys have seen the Disney movie Cars? All right, so check out Lightning McQueen. He's going to help us. What? That's not the interstate. See, so he like had caught all this stuff and was just going to do his own thing, trying to get to the race. Like, don't bug. I'm just on my own path. Anything I'm doing, I'm doing to myself. And what he didn't realize is 
the stuff he was dragging behind him was tearing the road up, tearing this whole town up, tearing everyone else up around him and behind him, and he didn't even realize it. And, you know, and all through this movie, that's the thing, is he comes to this realization of there's more than just me. There's more than just me going on, and the things that I'm doing affect everyone around me in a huge way. And he goes through this huge crisis in his life where he has to repair this road. And he doesn't just have to like slop it together, but I mean, he has to repair it like it's supposed to be repaired. And it takes time to heal and to go through that. But the lie you tell yourself is I'm not hurting anybody. You don't see the giant swath, the chaos of the destruction behind you with that chain around you. See, you're wounding your relationship with God. The first person you're hurting is you're wounding your relationship with God. There's no way to have this in your life and you and God to be okay. There just isn't. Here's what I know. If this is your struggle, you came here today and, and you walked in this room because this is what you do. And we stood there and we got to worship God and we got to sing to him through songs and as we come to gather. And it was great. And you may have sat there and been like, I just want to sit down. Why do we got to stand the whole time? They were like, oh man, my coffee, this is my coffee so good. You know, or like, I'm not going to clap or raise my hand. And, and, and you watch other people and you're like, what are they doing? Like, why is someone crying next to me? Right? Because that's what I say at least, but. Um, no, but you sat there and you said, ah, I just don't feel it. Like, I feel like this disconnection. Like, I feel like this distance between me and you, God. I'm just not getting it. There's something that I'm not getting out of this. There's this, there's this gap. You're going, God, why are you distant from me? And then you feel like a hypocrite. And you know it doesn't work. Because you know, like, there's just something missing. You're dragging chains in. And you're keeping it secret. So you're wounding your relationship with God. Jesus describing lust, Matthew 5, 27 through 30, it says this. You have heard that it was said, Jesus is speaking, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks with his eyes at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. In this context, if you're pre-Jesus, he's saying, if you're not a Christ follower yet, he's saying, you, you have to not miss out on this. If this is you don't do this, get rid of it, get it out of your life. I don't want you to miss out on this life with me. Don't miss it, don't miss it, don't miss it. Come get it. The living water is for you, I want it. Don't miss it. If this is, if this is you and you're a Christ follower, you're a follower of Christ, it's saying, do whatever you have to do to get this out of your life. Cut it out, get rid of it. Now, it's today, run from it, flee from it. Stomp it out, whatever you got to do, because your relationship will never be right with this in there. You will never be able to have intimacy and the closeness that he asked for and desired to have with us, that we were created to have with God. Do whatever you have to do. We talked a couple of weeks ago about 1 Corinthians 6, 18, said flee from sexual morality. Flee, run, not jog, like get away. Flee from sexual immorality. Yeah. If, uh, if you look at it, the phrase sexual immorality actually is actually the Greek word for pornea. 
which is where we get our word pornography. And God says, just, just get away, get away, get away, flee. There's no way to have this experience and not wound that relationship. Not only am I causing, not only am I causing huge hurt with your relationship with God, but you get that you're wounding your spouse. You get that you're going to wound your spouse. There is no way for you to have this experience and look at another woman or, or look at another man and not be changed and not break the trust, not break the promise or the, the covenant that you made on that day. So there is no way for you and I to do that and not bond with a picture. And in that moment, you absolutely violate the promises you made. And deep in her heart, she knows it. And deep within his heart, he knows it too. There's a phrase out there, a problem that's been coming up for a while now. It's called pornographic impotence. And it's this psychological disconnection with the way we were created and the desires we were meant to have in connection with human beings and people. Pornographically induced impotence uh, was evident first in an August 1974 Playboy cartoon that goes like this. Beautiful girl and a handsome lad are in bed. Across her nude body, the grinning boy has laid a naked centerfold image on her. And the girl in the paper doll asks, are you sure you still love me, Henry? It shows even then that this, this disconnection of what we're looking for and what we get, or we think we're supposed to receive the messed up things that have this is a, this is a a phrase and uh, an issue that's coming about, and it's becoming more prevalent in our lives, in our society. And maybe worst of all, friends, is that you cannot do this and have this struggle, and your kids not be affected. You're wounding your kids. That's mark my words. It will be devastating when your daughter finds out. And she will. That her dad had a thing or has a thing with porn. It will change her. When she realizes and says, Wow, my hero, my dad. My dad views women this way. And so I must. All men must view women this way. And she'll begin to say one of two things. If that's what it takes to get a man to take care of me, to pay attention to me, then apparently I need to be, to emulate, to be more like those women. And you'll wonder why your 15-year-old girl is so available to the boys. Or she'll say that's just repulsive. I'm so disappointed in you. And what I saw you at, and all men must be animals because you're an animal. And she'll put up a wall and she'll put up a fence and she'll be later on in life and she'll be married and she'll have kids. And she'll still be wondering why it's so hard to connect and give herself fully to her husband. Dad, she will not know this and not be changed. And your sons will be exposed. And they'll take their sexual cue and they'll take their relational cue from what you say and, and what they've seen that apparently 
Women are objects. There's something you do for male satisfaction and then you just discard them. At the end of the day, you need to stop and you need to pause. And if you're still telling yourself, I'm not hurting one else, stop, look behind you, and see the swath of destruction that you're causing. And some of you guys may be thinking like, hey man, you're like the preacher guy, right? And this is, you're like, you don't even understand like normal desires and what's going on. And if that's really what you think, I just need to say like, you're not right. I'm a guy. I can get just where anyone is, just as fast, just as deep, and just as dark as anyone in this room. So I have to protect myself too. And that's the deal. It can happen to anyone. So here's the deal. We have a choice to make today. There will be a choice for all of us today. And it's going to be one of two. We're going to make a choice today that some of us are going to figure out and say, look it, I'm a Christ follower. I, 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 I get this. I can't have this in my life. And I, I need to be done. I need to turn and I need to flee as quickly as I can. And the reality is, there's freedom. The reality is, is you can make a choice today to leave these chains in this room today, the ones that you may have brought in with you, maybe even the ones that you don't realize that you are wearing or even have on. That's one of your choices, to leave that right there and stop hurting those all around you. Stop telling yourself this lie that you're in control. Second choice is you can continue to hide. You can continue to hide You can continue to not tell yourself this. You can continue to lie to yourself. You can continue to hurt the people around you. And you can choose to keep this a secret and to hide it longer. And that we're not going to be done until it's discovered. Until we look behind us and we see mass destruction. But you will make a choice today. And some of us just need to make a choice to, to understand this is what people are going through. And that we need to not love them for it but love them through it and come alongside of them and walk alongside of them. Not as acceptance, but as the redemptive nature that can happen from it. Um, I wanted to give you guys some resources today. So uh, I'll I'll have you watch this video and I'll talk a little bit more about some of the other ones. I've been exposed to triplexchurch.com through a friend um, and Remember about the accountability software. If you're on your computer and you go to a site that got pornography on it, it's going to be emailed out. And your buddies are going to call you and be like, hey, what's going on with this one? It's also, I think, in a way, strengthened my marriage. You know, I didn't want to take it from online to offline. Anything that I may go to, like, she sees it, she knows what's up. And uh, I think it gives her a lot of security. It enabled me to have um, some accountability and, uh, you know, it was a great uh, moment of freedom for me. If you don't want to put this on your computer, you're, you're just a coward. You're, you're not. You, you really don't want to walk with God. You're not a real man in this area of pornography. You want to just leave that door open. You want to have that there for your moments of, moments of weakness. So that's just one resource that I would just encourage everyone to do. It's called homework. It's called a challenge. It's called whatever. But um, 
Uh, if you go to triplexchurch.com or X3, if you want to be safer, just as you're typing stuff in, no joke, x3watch.com. They also have something called x3pure.com, which is a 30-day recovery program that they, turns into this X Watch. And this, everyone should put on all their devices. You can put it on your phones. You can put it on your computers. You can put it on your TVs. Go home and put your locks on your TVs. Those are the stats, friends, and they're real. Let's protect each other and love on each other that way. Not just love them once they've gone through it and watch them destroy themselves, but protect them ahead of time. So I challenge each one of you, I mean, and you guys can even write it on your comment cards and be like, I'm doing it. Like, join the club. I want to know that you're doing it. Uh, you know, like I said, put it on your kids' stuff and just put it on your own. You can go talk to other people if, if you know, you don't necessarily need to have it go to your wife. You can have another person in your life that you're accountable to in that manner. And then, you know, eventually to your wife or your significant other, your spouse. The other thing you can do is, is I know there may be some men in here today that, um, you know, you need to connect. You need to connect on that different level. It's more than just, you know, this accountability software. It's, it's a, hey, I need some healing. I need to walk through some of this with some other men that struggle with the same thing. I've set up an email address that you guys can see on their paper. It's men at engate.org. It's mine. I'm the only one who's going to see it. I'm the only one with the password. And this week, I will get you guys set up. And we want to help you. That's that choice that you made, that this is done and this is a chain I'm going to leave you behind. We as a body and a church, we want to do it with you. We want to come alongside of you and love on you. And I just want to ask you guys all to bow your heads right now. I'm not going to have you raise Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California. Thank you.